Warrior Woman, welcome to episode 87 of the podcast. We're getting there, we're climbing, we're climbing to 100 and I have this feeling some really cool stuff is going to happen when we reach episode 100. As always, thank you for being here, for whacking me in your ears and for listening to the podcast. I am so grateful that you're here. I appreciate you. Okay, so I have a wonderful guest on the podcast today. Lauren is the founder of Innate Nutrition and her new course, which we're going to talk about today, Conscious Conception. Lauren is a functional nutritionist specializing in preconception nutrition. And this lady has a mission and it is to empower women like you with tools and the knowledge they need to regulate their cycles, balance their hormones, heal their metabolism, and optimize their fertility for maybe what will be ultimately a thriving pregnancy. And this is where we're going to link in this uh, topic of conscious conception. So whether you're looking to balance your hormones, get pregnant, support your pregnancy, or optimize your postpartum recovery, Lauren's got your back. And today, you know, I wanted to kick it off by saying, yes, the podcast episode is called Conscious Conception, uh, but we talk about so much more. Uh, We really do talk about our hormones, our metabolism, how we can optimize our health uh, to support ourselves. And of course, we do talk a lot about uh, fertility, conception, pregnancy, and postpartum. Uh, So I just wanted to put that little caveat in there. Uh, For some of you, it may be... uh, you know, a little triggering depending on your experience with fertility and conception and pregnancy. Uh, For others, you may be thinking, well, you know, I don't want to have a baby. (laughs) But uh, a lot of the podcast is really talking about this empowerment piece to know our bodies and to work with them. And Lauren is so amazing in that space. So on the podcast today, Lauren and I talk about how we can consciously prepare our body for conception. Here's a snapshot of what we chat about. So a preconception timeline. Uh, You know, when should we start thinking about fertility and conception? And both of us agree that, you know, we should be starting to think about it through knowing our cycles and this is where this empowerment piece comes in you know we're not really taught about our cycles and our hormones and what happens if we were taught about them you know how could we prepare better for healthy regular cycles for balanced hormones for fertility and for conception so we really talk about this timeline you know a lot of us may only think about having a baby when we're ready to have a baby and Lauren works with a lot of women that have a lot of trouble uh, with their fertility getting pregnant or during pregnancy, they actually have a lot of, um, you know, things that come up that have to do with their health. Uh, So 
this timeline piece is really important and it really ties in uh, quite well with, you know, I'm in conversation with my warrior women right now around training timelines and thinking about it in years, not weeks or months. And I think the same thing uh, really applies to fertility and conception. You know, we need to be thinking of this timeline in years, not months or weeks. We also chat about how do we tell if our body is healthy, you know, and what are some key things we can do to support our metabolism. We talk about the menstrual cycle and why it's really a key piece uh, for fertility and conception. Lauren shares, you know, how we can prepare our body for pregnancy. Uh, She talks about it as in replenishing the bank, which I really like. Uh, And then we talk about uh, prenatal supplements and hint, it's not what you think. We talk about some myths around food and pregnancy. uh, And then, you know, maybe what happens like when you're pregnant, you know, now what? So she shares five key things that you know, we need to know and do during pregnancy. And then we chat about her course at the end, which is conscious conception, uh, which I'm going to take it uh, myself. Uh, I am not uh, planning on having a baby, but I think that there is so much information in this uh, course. I've had a little bit of a look at it for every female to help her connect with her body, to understand hormones, maybe even to help, you know, if we have another female in our life that is going through fertility or conception or pregnancy, uh, it can be also really cool uh, for us to understand, to support those close to us. Okay, Warrior Woman, I'm going to stop talking now uh, and I'm going to hand over the reins to Lauren. She is a gem of a human She has so much knowledge uh, in this space. She's passionate, uh, she's kind, and it was a really great conversation. So enjoy. Welcome to the Warrior School podcast, the podcast for women who train. I believe lifting weights, knowing our cycles, and training with them is the future of women's training. I also believe this training, nutrition, and health stuff shouldn't feel so goddamn hard, and we should all feel strong and confident. So this is your go-to show for practical information to build a stronger and healthier body. You'll find content on training, nutrition, hormones, and tons of experts who want to help you get stronger and healthier. I am your teacher, Amy Bow, coach, dietitian, and the creator of Warrior School. Okay, Warrior Woman, let's do this. Okay, Lauren, today we're going to talk about conception and pregnancy and I'm sure we're going to talk about food and stress and a a lot of things in this but I wanted to kick it off with a question I want to ask you why conscious conception I'm really intrigued by the word uh 
And I want to know what that means to you and why you chose to use conscious. Yeah, that's a really great question. You know, conceiving doesn't necessarily have to be a certain kind of way. And it's not necessarily trying to, the the word conscious is not necessarily trying to sort of demote or, um, you know, say that any kind of way of preparing is better than another, but it's just kind of going into conception, which is pregnancy into a very thoughtful, in a very thoughtful way. And, you know, I certainly have a sort of way that I've put together um, for my course students, which I just launched a course called Conscious Conception, which is probably why Amy's asking me this question. But, um, you know, a, a way to, a, an approach, a method, a sort of like um, mindset strategy to approach conception in a really thoughtful way and really respect the body, really respect um, nature and, you know, to conceive and putting your best foot forward is really the end goal. Um, and, you know, of course, conceiving can be a surprise sometimes, and that's okay. Um, but if you have the time to prepare, and of course, preparing is, you know, I do say it's a luxury. Um, but if we do have that luxury, there are definitely certain steps we can take to make sure that we're putting our best foot forward into conception, because there are so many benefits to doing that. Um, so that's, that's why the word conscious. <laughs> yeah. And I like, I really love it. I also love that you bring up, you know, sometimes it can uh, be a surprise or, you know, being conscious and having the time to prepare also can be a privilege for some of us. Uh, and I would love to get into, you know, if it is a surprise and moving into like, what can we do? You know, I, I am pregnant and, and now what? But I, I really love to start with this whole idea of like consciousness or, you know, conscious um, conception. And, and, you know, really, it's not just about conception. I, this noticing or this awareness piece or this connection to the body is so important you know, whether or not you choose to conceive. Uh, and I think it's a very unique word. And I thought, I think it's a very cool word uh, that you chose to use. And I really want to dive into the work behind that, you know, this, this conscious work that we can do and why that's even important. Uh, because I think, you know, a, a lot of us can just think, well, you know, I, I want to have a baby uh, and then I'll just try and, and we'll just go from there and then we're pregnant. And, uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, can you talk a little bit about, um, you know, where that came from through your work, like around using this conscious piece? Yeah, I, I think hopefully this will help answer the question. Um, I think, um, really understanding the why is going to kind of help all the other stuff fall into place. Um, so one of, you know, as I started, <laughs> I really initially started just working with primarily women and helping them with their cycle issues, their metabolism, metabolic issues, insulin resistance, thyroid issues, all that fun stuff. <laughs> um, but a very fun, interesting stuff, but it's a lot of, it's, it's very painful and it, you know, it's, 
it sucks for a lot of women. A lot of women are suffering through it. Um, and, you know, I started to almost backtrack. Okay, how, how can we, how can I impact the most people in the best way possible and in the most impactful way possible? And really, the, our life and the way it unfolds and our health, a lot of it has to do with how we were conceived. Not, not necessarily how we were conceived, but the sort of environment in which we were conceived. And when I say environment, it's the nutritional, hormonal, um, emotional environment that we were conceived in. Because as soon as the um, egg meets the sperm or the sperm meets the egg, um, you know, that from there, everything is you have such a huge, it, it starts falling into place and things start happening and almost too quickly for us to actually change things uh, if we wanted to. Um, so there's this concept of epigenetics and you know I'm sure you've heard of it and it's really about the environment and um, they, it, the, I guess the analogy that's most commonly used is um, your genes are the bullet, but your lifestyle pulls the trigger. Um, and so it's that environment. And so, you know, there's such a demand on the body and um, that when you're, you're, you've conceived it, it starts, it's almost like a roller coaster shooting off and it's hard to chase what's happening there. So if we can go into conception with our best foot forward, we might be able to influence the trajectory of that roller coaster and, um, or the car or whatever you wanna call it, the vehicle that's moving forward fast. Um, so um, that's kind of why I <laughs> really got into con con helping women consciously conceive um, and why I think it's so important because you know, there's a lot of research as well that points to um, sort of the imprinting so imprinting of health on our baby. And there's so many different ways that we can do this. There's nutritional imprinting. So the nutritional status of the mom, once she conceives, can impact the baby and how their genes are set up and how different processes in their body set up. Um, you know, if they have high blood pressure or things like that. Um, the hormonal aspect as well. So the hormonal status of mom can also imprint onto baby as well. So if we have low progesterone, excess estrogen, just a couple of examples, high serotonin, that kind of stuff can also influence baby's genetics as well and sort of health in the future potentially. Um, and then we have, you know, trauma as well. There's multi-generational trauma that can be passed down from generation to generation. And this has also been seen in research too. And so there's so many different factors and, you know, it might sound overwhelming to someone listening to this right now. And I want to tell you just, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed at what I'm saying, just take a step back. It's going to be okay. Like <laughs> all of the stuff I like to share is just for informational purposes and for empowerment. Um, because if, you know, you've been told that also you're destined to have XYZ disease um, because of your genetics, know that also that plays into the rest of your life too. You can influence those things. You don't necessarily have to be beholden to these issues that maybe your mother had or your great grandfather had or something like that. Um, so you have a, a lot of power to influence the health, your health, but also your future child's health. Um, so, that's really 
the crux of conscious conception. But another piece to it is that you can also influence how your pregnancy goes. So a lot of women can experience, and you know, there's various percentages, fractions, whatever, um, but you know, they experience pregnancy complications like gestational diabetes or preeclampsia or, uh, you know, uh, pups, for example, really rare thing. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, just having your health in a good state prior to conception can not only influence your baby's health, but also your own pregnancy, how easy that goes, um, you know, hopefully reduce the risk of pregnancy complications and as well as postpartum. So a lot of women enter pregnancy, not in a so good state, you know, uh, there's a great analogy that one of my mentors uses, and uh, it's like, you know, we're 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 entering pregnancy already in debt, and health debt, and so if we do that, pregnancy is a very very energy intensive process, and if we're not in a good state, we're going into more debt after after we come out of delivery, we're in more debt, and postpartum too. If you're breastfeeding, that's an even more energy intensive, nutrition intensive. Um, act and gift. And so if we don't have the right stores, we're eventually going to end up in super, super debt and the bank will come to collect at some point. And so that could look like it manifests some issue manifesting shortly after birth, or maybe it's two, three years down the line, but we have to, you know, replenish the bank. Otherwise, you know, health debt can look very different from person to person, but it eventually does manifest usually. So that's also one of the very important pieces. It's both mom's health and baby's health. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot to unpack in that. I want to start. Yeah. I love the empowerment <laughs> piece. And this is like one of the reasons why I really wanted to speak with you because I believe that every woman should know her cycle because it, it, it connects her to her body. She can understand her body better. And I, we need to be taught about that, you know, when even before we go through puberty, you know, at schools where we weren't taught about that. I've done two degrees and they were both in the science world and the health space. We weren't really taught about what's actually going on with the cycle and the hormones and the changes and ovulation and all of these things that we find in a female physio physiology. And I think it's such an empowerment piece. And because it always comes back to me, like, do you know your body? Like, do can you listen to it? Do you trust it? Do you understand it? And so, you know, if you think of it as like this roadmap, you know, we, we should be taught about our cycles. And then we're moving into this space of, you know, this different season of our life where we're thinking about fertility and, and birthing little humans into the world. And again, if we don't know our bodies, uh, this can be a really confusing and scary time because we weren't taught about, you know, like our cycle is just one example. You know, there's so many things that, uh, again, I think training is another one that we use movement to learn about our bodies. But uh, yeah, so I love the empowerment piece that you bring up. This is, you know, I know you often say like, you know, it's I'm not telling you like what to do. It's just advice. It's just it's like zooming out and, and looking at it as in like, do you know your body? Do you understand what's going on and how that could impact you know, this, this next season of your life. So I just really wanted to highlight the empowerment piece out of it. 
Oh, thanks. Yeah, it's, it's definitely really important. And that's the whole point of, you know, I'm sure what you do, what I do is to just empower people because I've been on the opposite spectrum. And I think most people that end up working in this field, um, you know, whether it's, um, you know, fitness or nutrition, just wellness in general, have experienced probably rock bottom of health. <laughs> and so we're like, there's a better way we've discovered it. And like, we just want to help as many people sort of get out of the, the trees um, and be able to see that there are, there is hope. Um, so yeah, I, I agree with that. Yeah. And look, there's not like the right way or a perfect way with all of this stuff, but you know, there definitely is through, through the work, you, you learn things and through working with, you know, hundreds of women, you start to see things and you figure out like patterns and certain things that can definitely help make this journey maybe a little easier uh, and a little clearer for them, or at least, you know, you get to get them to like pay attention to their body and really understand, you know, what's going on, which, yeah, I think is, it's so cool. Yeah. For sure. I totally agree. Yeah. So, okay. Then the next piece I really wanted to talk about is this like preconception timeline or, you know, when should we even be starting to kind of think about it? Uh, Think about, actually, we could probably take a step back even before that. Uh, You just spoke around like having like a healthy body or a body being in a state where maybe the body is ready for fertility, for pregnancy. Like what does, can we just talk about that? Like what, how do we kind of know, or what are we looking for if we're starting to pay attention to that? Yeah, that, that's a great question. And, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a loaded one too, because it's just so different from person to person. So and, and it's hard because usually people want a very clear, concise answer. We're, we're, we're also kind of conditioned to think, think that way. Um, but it really only you can know if you're ready or not. <laughs> and because only you have lived your life up until this point and only you know how you feel and can understand how you feel. And so That said, though, you know, (laughs) the way to tell that your body is healthy, ready, well, one, you want to be healthy. um, And, you know, I guess a good question would be to ask yourself, how do you feel in this moment right now? Um, How is your digestion? How is your sleep? How are your energy levels, mood, your sex drive, um, you know, your recovery? Um, So there's all of these markers. Uh, If we're not recovering well, if we're not sleeping well, we're waking up at 2 a.m., we have insomnia. we are constipated all the time. We have really low energy levels, especially around three o'clock or we're really anxious certain times of our cycle. Like that can all, that's all information. And it's our body's way of telling us that, Hey, like pay attention to me. Like I, I need some help in this area. Um, or, you know, maybe it's not this specific area, but it's manifesting that way. So it's kind of like, (laughs) I just, I just need you to, you know, I need some help here. Can you just pay attention to me for a little bit? Um, so it's just our body trying to communicate with us. I don't think you have to look at these things as like, oh my gosh, there's something totally wrong with me. I'm hopeless. Like, <laughs> um, but if you can tune into what those things are, you can start to really uncover and get in tune with your body and what it needs and what works for you as an individual. Um, so 
there are a few other standard markers too that you know you can utilize. Um, there's three, and I like to consider them all vital signs. And vital signs are like you know, uh, body temperature, blood pressure, uh, pulse, etc. So you know, those are the vital signs and. One of them is an additional one, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I do like body temperature and pulse because these two things can help you kind of see where your metabolic function is and metabolic function is really important for just general health. And I, I when I say metabolic function, I don't mean like, okay, how skinny or lean are you? Or, you know, how much um, body fat do you have? metabolic function is really how quickly the chemical reactions are taking place in our body. And so it has nothing to do with aesthetics and everything to do with how well your body is functioning internally. And so what, that's what I mean by metabolic function and body temperature and pulse can really be an indicator for that. So uh, body temperature, we want that to be between 97.8 and 98.6 or a little bit higher. And then pulse, it's between 75 beats per minute and 90 beats per minute. And this just generally means or, or can tell us how quickly we're able to consume food, um, if a food is working for us, if we're in a stress state versus a, an anabolic state. And, you know, that's a whole other aspect to metabolism. But, you know, there's catabolic reactions, there's anabolic reactions. And we want to be more in an anabolic state because that helps build the body up. Um, and it's more of a place where our body feels safer. And um, when our body feels safer, our body feels safer to reproduce. It'll start prioritizing um, more of the important, or I guess, you know, it really depends how you look at it. But if we're constantly in a stress state, our body only has so many resources to go around. So it'll start hoarding things and prioritizing other things over you know, things like reproduction and um, good, good skin and hair and nails. Um, it'll just prioritize like getting blood flow to the primary critical organs and suppressing the immune system and suppressing digestion. So we'll actually, once we start getting into this less stress state, it'll be, you know, able to relax a little bit and, you know, go to the bathroom once or multiple times a day, have good digestion. Um, you know, have sex drive, uh, reproduce, you know, get that egg, yeah. <laughs> release that egg. So um, that's just a long-winded way of saying like the metabolism, that's a really good way to gauge it. And um, it's it's definitely an important piece to fertility and overall general health and well-being. That piece is we're looking at just like the state of our body, like what's going on <laughs> in our body. Basically, we're just learning one about our body. We're just starting to notice things, certain things that uh, are important for even if we don't want to conceive, like you just said, it's like the, and you know, health, and this can be a very, I do love speaking about this, you know, like what is health just because I've been in the fitness culture for such a long time. And uh, it's a very hot topic, but what I have found most helpful in my work, working with women is to really teach them about our physiology and our biology and about the metabolism and about these key signs that they can look for this information or this data. Uh, and it does really help move it away from this, um, the aesthetics around like what is healthy and what isn't 
into this place of actually, you know, is my body functioning uh, in a way that's really going to support me, my energy, my training? Uh, And then if I'm thinking about having a baby, you know, is my body going to support me through that? You know, where am I? So I I really like that. And we're looking for the markers. We're looking for these signs. Um, Mm -hmm. If we're thinking about, you know, conceiving, what's the timeline? You know, what do you use with a lot of uh, the women that you work with? When do they start to think about it? Yeah, that's a great question. And I I do think one more part is really important to talk about. Um, just in terms of what you were saying, overall health, uh, physiology, um, the, the other vital sign that I, I think is really important is just how is your cycle? So yes. your cycle could tell you so much. And that's why our cycles call the fifth vital sign. You know, are we ovulating? How long is our luteal phase? Do we have that temperature spike after we ovulate? Um, it, it really can affect it you know, a lot of, a lot of people will say, oh, you don't need to worry about that until you try to have a baby, just like you, you mentioned. Um, but it's literally so important, not only for baby, but also your physical health and mental well-being. It's just has such a important role in our overall female physiology. So I think that that's also a really important piece. And that's one of the things to consider when you are building your timeline. So looking at cycle health, how is it? Because it can tell you a lot. If we have no cycle or regular cycles or really painful periods, um, or we're feeling really anxious and depressed during our luteal phase, um, you know, or we have excessive bleeding or things like that um, can really tell us a lot about our hormonal health, which also, again, not only that can that affect our ability to get pregnant, but we're also you know, imprinting this environment onto our future child. So, um, you know, there's definitely something to consider. Um, But yeah, to go back to your question about timeline and what most women consider, I mean, it really depends. And this also goes back to like, you know, the the idea that we're all unique individuals. Yeah. (laughs) And it, it really... I could say a number, but it really doesn't matter because it's not going to be relevant for you. Um, so it, it's really, it, this is one of the things I go through in the course, like there are general recommendations, but like, I think what's even more important is to take into account your own personal situation and to work with that. And there are a couple of major factors that I would say you want to consider when building your timeline. Um, so I think, you know, there's a lot of three months Uh, give yourself at least three months, um, which is usually the typical like advice you would get from your OBGYN. Maybe not though. Some of them, (laughs) some of them say you can come off birth control and get pregnant right away. Sure. Go ahead. Um, You know, it really is your decision, but there are definitely drawbacks to that too, uh, that they might not be communicating to you, but um, really uh, the the three month where you'll see three month on most um, health organizations websites is because of the concept of folliculogenesis, which is the maturation of follicles. So an egg, it takes an egg about three months, a little more, a little less uh, to mature. And so the reason that's important is because everything you do within those three months can influence your egg quality. And so, and honestly, the same thing goes for men too, and spermatogenesis and the creation of sperm. So it's really 
nature is so cool. <laughs> it's so cool. <laughs> Tries to make it, you know, there's so many overlaps and things like that. Um, but so, you know, that's kind of why you'll see the three month minimum, three month minimum. But um, there are definitely other things to consider because, you know, that egg quality will determine how much progesterone we make for the implantation and like, you know, the chromosomal uh, stuff that could happen or could not. So um, other factors that I really would like to consider when building a timeline or, you know, if you are building your timeline, definitely things to think about um, is what you've been eating for the past, you know, X, Y, Z years, maybe five, 10 years. If you've been on a plant-based diet or, you know, a standard American diet or a standard Canadian diet, or a standard Australian diet. <laughs> I mean, I think there's like a general standard diet that a lot of um, uh, sort of the uh, industrialized countries, quote unquote, is what Dr. Weston A. Price used to call them, um, have been eating. And so they, they consist of improperly prepared foods and a lot of processed foods, and that can actually cause nutrient deficiencies. Um, so uh, as well as uh, plant-based diets too. So and the reason, you know, I bring that up is because there's just more opportunity to have a deficiency in something. It's not that it can't be done right. Um, although, you know, there's also like, if, if you want to consider like, um, I guess the easiest way to say this, and I think I've, I've heard somebody else say this too and describe it this way, the more you deviate from the natural diet of a human, which is an omnivorous diet. So we eat both plants and um, meat, um, the more opportunity there will be to have a deficiency in some way, shape or form. So we are doing that with a plant-based diet. We are doing that even with an omnivorous standard, you know, diet, standard American diet or standard, whatever diet. Um, so there's just certain things to think about because if we've been eating a plant-based diet and even a standard American diet, we're probably deficient in many fat soluble vitamins, which are very, very important for fertility, like vitamin A and vitamin E. We're also probably very deficient in minerals. Um, plant-based diets, maybe certain ones. Um, definitely there's more opportunity to be deficient in things like choline, which is not necessarily uh, considered a vitamin, although it was once considered part of the B vitamin complex, um, you know, think, things like that, where um, they're, they're really important components of food. Um, CoQ10, for example, plant-based diets are going to be really deficient in as well. Um, so there's just more opportunity to be deficient in these really important nutrients um, that uh, you would be getting more opportunity to consume with an omnivorous more so like a diet that contains meat. Um, so diet's definitely something to think about. And depending on how long you've been on a diet, because our body does store fat soluble vitamins in some way, shape or form, but the longer we are deficient in them, it's gonna run out eventually. Um, so that's why you can see sometimes where, you know, I get questions all the time, like uh, from vegan mothers, like, oh, I, I was a vegan, I was, you know, had a vegan pregnancy and my baby's fine. Um, but you'll be able to see as time goes on, and this was also something that Dr. Weston A. Price, who was a very interesting story, um, a dentist that traveled the world in the 1930s, and he sort of studied all these um, um, it, Aboriginal, um, more, um, uh, what's the right word? I'm blanking, but um, more untouched 
communities and societies and compared that to the industrialized diets of, you know, modern day 1930s, um, which, you know, even back then there were stark differences. Um, so I can't even imagine now, but um, <laughs> so, you know, just comparing that um, there are, it, it can influence the way that we, our face, facial structure grows, our, our health problems, how we age, all that stuff. And, you know, it, it, over time, um, this is going back to the point of the vegan vegetarian diet is like, you'll notice that the, the second, third, fourth child may start to have problems whereas the first may not. And that's still true for even people that consume regular diets or, you know, well-rounded diets. That, that also is part of Dr. Catherine Shanahan's work in pregnancy spacing. Um, if we don't give ourselves enough time to recover in between children, we may not have enough nutrients, no matter what diet we're eating, to pass on to the next child. And it, that's why this is a statistic. Second, third children are like more likely to have certain health issues than the first child, just from a, <laughs> from a statistical standpoint. Um, so that's really fascinating. I <laughs> did not know that. But if you bring it back to like, this energy conversation makes total sense. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, if you've been, I just, if you've been in an energy deficit, if you started in an energy deficit and then yes, you might've had enough stores for the, the first child, but then by the second or the third, you know, you've been in this energy deficit. You may have not have had time to recover or you're not sleeping or you're, <laughs> you know, all of these things that come like post postpartum. Yeah. That's, that's a really cool uh piece of information lauren oh yeah i'm glad um <laughs> but yeah so there's that you know some considerations um other things uh, besides from diet is like medications so the first one i would say is like birth control birth control requires several different nutrients by from the liver to be metabolized properly and excreted by the body uh it's a medication so this can really um it, it, the liver is very interesting. It, it requires so many nutrients to detoxify and birth control utilizes many of them, including the exact ones, unfortunately, that we need to, that are really, really important for baby, but also fertility as well. Um, so things like folate, zinc, selenium, vitamin A, vitamin E, vitamin C, um, definitely other B vitamins, I think B6, um, uh, you know, uh, I, I can't remember all of them, but so many of the really important nutrients for fertility and a healthy baby, because folate's super important for methylation and really preventing neural tube defects. And um, vitamin A is also really important for preventing birth defects. Vitamin E is really important for fertility in general. Vitamin C is important for your skin and how the placenta is going to grow and your skin's going to stretch and making the baby skin. Um, so, it's all connected. And, you know, I would say our body is probably depleted when we get off birth control, especially depending on how long we've been on it too. But um, I think that's also a really important consideration and other medications too. There's so many other medications that everyone's on and um, some impact our hormones as well. So they can really lead to um, hormonal imbalance that we potentially could imprint on our baby, like um, SSRIs um, are, you know, an interesting and hot topic. I don't, <laughs> it's a very sensitive topic for sure. Um, but, you know, there's been some, a, 
Dr. Ray Pete, especially, he's researched this and, um, uh, you know, having excess serotonin can potentially lead to increased risk of autism and things like that. So it's just something to think about because, you know, not a, we like to compartmentalize things and um, <laughs> everything is really all connected. Um, I would say there's maybe two, uh, one, one other thing, um, and then maybe a, a maybe surprising not non consideration. Um, <laughs> okay, I like so, surprising non considerations. <laughs> um, so, uh, current, current, any current chronic diseases, um, maybe that are not currently under control or in remission. So, you know, it will be difficult to, it, well, for example, uh, if you have Hashimoto's and it's active and it's really like your antibodies are super high and it's raging, that point in time, it will probably make getting pregnant complicated, but also, you know, they're just, it, it might make things harder for you in pregnancy and also postpartum. Um, so really trying to get our chronic conditions it can't, it doesn't mean you can't get pregnant or have a baby. It doesn't, you know, it's just about like trying to manage them well so that you understand when things are flaring up for you and you know what works for you. And because pregnancy is a stress test. And <laughs> if there's any time that like your body is going to be like haywire, uh, it will likely be pregnancy. So just making sure that you can understand your body and really have that under control as best you can um, is a good idea. Um, so those are kind of the three I go over definitely way more uh, in my course, you know, um, trauma is another one, for example. Um, and it's very much crosses generations, um, lots of research um, on that in, it, in affecting mental health, but also just health in general. <laughs> um, so there's that, but I guess the surprising non-consideration, and some people may disagree with me on this, um, is age. So you notice that I didn't say age, and that's because somebody that is truly healthy and is taking care of themselves will have positive egg quality and quantity. And you know how we enter pregnancy is way more important than when we enter pregnancy, in my opinion. Um, so you know rushing from child to child or rushing to get pregnant. Oh my gosh. You know, you wake up one day and like, uh, I'm 35 and like, I, I need to get pregnant yesterday. Like, well, go back to those questions. Like, how do you feel today? How is your digestion, your sleep, your energy, your mood? Like, how is your temperatures and pulses? How is your cycle? It's worthwhile in my opinion, to work on those things so that you enter pregnancy and conception in good health because you'll be all the better for it. And so will your baby. So yeah, those are kind of a few. What I really love is when we talk about this timeline that there's not a whole bunch of numbers attached to it. Cause I'm not a fan of numbers and, uh, I really like how you said at the start when we were talking about it, yes, you know, there's some stuff out there, research around like this three month, but I like to think about it, how you just described it. Like, looking at those signs, like, you know, do I actually have trauma that I need to like work through? Yeah. And no one can tell you the timeline of that. It's just like, if you're starting to think about it, well, maybe now's the right time just to, to start to work on that trauma. If you're thinking about conceiving also, 
how's my cycle? You know, if you are have a cycle or maybe you don't have a cycle and just thinking about that and no one has a correct time of when's like right and wrong. It's more like if you know that we're meant to have a cycle, it's meant to arrive on time and it's meant to arrive mostly without symptoms, like that's what you need to look for. And if that's not there, well, then the work really becomes about why not in getting curious and we don't really have a timeline on that. <laughs> we can't really say, okay, right. this amount of time, you know, we're going to fix it. And then this amount of time you do this. Um, I really love how you approach it as in like, pick one thing out of everything that we've spoken about. Yes. The cycle is really important because if you don't have a cycle, you ain't getting pregnant. So, <laughs> um, and then, or do you have trauma or is it, is your sleep a massive issue or is it your food or, you know, there's, there's just something that you can start with and then slowly work on, on each of those things. I really like that approach. And I think I sure for a lot of women out there listening, that might be a little less overwhelming than having all these numbers that they have to like work towards, I guess. Yeah. Deadlines aren't, you can't put a deadline. (laughs) Uh, Oftentimes too, deadlines create stress. Yeah. But also I do want to say like, we're not striving for perfection either. Like the goal should never be perfection, but improvement for you and what, you know, progress for what that means for you. Um, So just, you know, just to make sure that like (laughs) someone's going, oh my God, I have to have my digestion perfect and my sleep perfect and X, Y, Z perfect. But um, (laughs) all the women that I, yeah, all the women that I work with love numbers, love data, love a plan and love perfection. So I can know that they're listening being like, okay, I've got to tick all this off even before I can think about it. No, that's not what we're saying. It's we're just saying, are there things that you could do that maybe give your body more energy, that make it feel a little safer, that make this, this experience a little easier for you, for baby, for your recovery? Uh, we're, not, we're not aiming for a perfect cycle or perfect nutrition. <laughs> right. But it's better back. than, you know, if it's an area of opportunity, we want to probably improve that because it's information our body sending us that like it needs a little bit of love in this area. So um, yeah, I, I love the way you said that. Yeah. I like that you brought that up the, the perfection piece. Cause I know uh, you know, especially if maybe we we're finding it hard, like hard to actually conceive that I have had a lot of female um clients that have had a little bit of trouble and then it does it becomes you know you you want to fix it and you want to make everything right and perfect and it's my body's fault and let's like solve it it's the same with health you know the obsession to actually be well and healthy can create the most stress and so I've seen the same thing when it comes to conceiving that can actually create the stress on the body Whereas if we just, yeah, it's um, just allow and, and take small steps that, yeah. uh, I totally agree. Yeah. And you know, that's why (laughs) when, when my clients or, you know, (laughs) if, if I'm working with somebody that's, you know, okay, three months passed and they're like, it's it's month four and we haven't conceived. I'm like, you know, take a break, take a break, just come back to it. Give yourself a month off. And literally that month is when <laughs> they can see because the pressure's off and they're just more relaxed 
and you know the expe the expectations are not there anymore and they can actually like allow themselves to just breathe <laughs> and so um yeah i think we we can get in our heads a lot and so it's 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 tough though too because like we always want to it's human nature to want to you know figure it out and like improve on those things but um it's also can work against us so it's it's finding that right balance yeah and we also you know we sometimes we want to blame the food or we want to blame the training or we you know and it's sometimes not even about that it's about the other things you've spoken about like what's your environment like what's your relationship right like what's um what it what's work like your what are the other stresses the trauma maybe that you're carrying in the body uh all of these things are really important and Sometimes we can be doing all the things with the food and we can adjust the training and, and still, you know, if there is a bit of a struggle there, it's, it's the body's just telling you there's something else going on, you know, and we just, you know, we need to, we need to look at that. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. You did, you did mention a couple of like key, like key foods, I don't know if you call them like key fertile foods, but are there like uh, when it comes to food, well, one, I think we have to be eating enough. Uh, what do you teach in your course when we're looking at, at the food? Uh, and what do you see as like, I guess, a big um, obstacle or challenge with women when it comes to fertility and conceiving around their food? Yeah, definitely. Food is an interesting topic. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm a nutritionist, so it's, it's the primary topic. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess one of the challenges is getting women to eat enough. So women are chronically under eating. Uh, point blank <laughs> exclamation I'm mark period. Yes. <laughs> the end. <laughs> yeah. And yeah the the female pituitary gland which controls or is is you know the primary regulator of our of our hormones so this is going to be really important for progesterone production which is going to help us conceive so it's very very sensitive to caloric restriction very so constantly chronically under eating is going to basically put your body in a survival state and our body will not feel safe to reproduce when we are in our survival state. Um, it's gonna be like, okay, let's go back to the basics. I need to prioritize raising my blood pressure, um, stopping digestion, which is why a lot of women are constipated. Um, or, you know, I have women that are, have high blood pressure and once they start to bring the stress response down, it regulates. Um, but, you know, all those different functions that get suppressed when we're under chronic stress, it really is a suppressive state. We're suppressing many of our important bodily functions, including the immune system, which is, I'm sure, you know, top of mind for most people right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So being in a chronically stressed state is not only not good for reproduction, but also many other key functions of the body. Um, so that's really important. Um, I would say after that, it's really having women eat enough protein. I think a lot of women are not eating enough protein. Protein is the building blocks. Our, our proteins are the building blocks for, you know, not only our bodies, but also protein needs skyrocket during pregnancy. We need so much more protein than we think we do. And um, the current um, guidelines of uh, by the National Institutes of Health, like really, really 
lowball it. And Lily Nichols has talked a lot about this too. Um, she's great. And so our protein needs are actually potentially like 70% more than we think, <laughs> especially mm -hmm. in the third trimester. So really lots of protein. And that's also really important for balancing blood sugar. And that's also really important for getting us out of that chronic survival state. So if we're <laughs> as you can see, everything's all connected. Um, you know, what, what we're trying to do is really minimize the micro emergencies that are happening in our life and preventing those from becoming chronic emergencies. So a blood sugar drop in blood sugar is going to be a micro emergency. The body is going to be like, oh my gosh, we're out of sugar. We need to manufacture our own sugar. Let's release cortisol and, uh, you know, adrenaline to start to, well, cortisol to raise it. We might feel some adrenaline uh, or rush in the beginning, um, but let's release cortisol to raise and manufacture blood sugar and uh, get those blood sugar levels up. And so even though, you know, our body's doing what it's supposed to, that's still stress. <laughs> we're basically inducing a stress response. And if we do that many times throughout the day, we're inducing multiple stress responses. And then if we do it day in and day out, we're basically, our body's going to be like, okay, this girl's constantly, uh, this girl's blood sugar is constantly low. So let's just like keep the stress hormones pumping. And, mm -hmm. um, before we know it, we're in a chronically stressed state, which also can affect, um, our ability to utilize progesterone well. Um, so blood sugar is innately connected to our hormonal balance, and not only because insulin is a hormone itself, but also, you know, we could be making enough progesterone, which is the progestation hormone, which is so important for uh, fertility, mental health, um, uh, but also um, implantation and carrying through a pregnancy. Mm. But, you know, if we're not um, able to utilize progesterone, that's also going to be a problem. So um, when our blood sugar drops too, adrenaline can block the receptors of progesterone. And so we might have enough progesterone circulating our system, but if our cells can't use them, uh, the, the progesterone, it's gonna be a problem too. So there's just so many different factors. I, I can't, uh, I, I don't think I can emphasize how important it is to balance blood sugar. <laughs> so, um, you know, carbs tend to raise blood sugar, protein tends to drop blood sugar. So together they're a match made in heaven. That's like the one rule that I have with food. If you're going to eat, make sure you eat a carb with a protein or, you know, not one without the other. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, the reason why I wanted to talk about, you know, eating enough, balancing your blood sugar, you know, just by balancing your meals, eating every, well, what works for you? Yeah. Some women, it's three hours, some women, it's four hours. It depends again, what you've eaten. Uh, it's all individual, but this is, these are the basics. This is really important. Often we want to chase like a supplement or, or a secret food or, you know, uh, it's the same with training. Yeah. We want to chase like the, the complex thing when we haven't got the basics. And so these basics right. are really important, not only for like our health, but if we want to conceive, like, are we just eating enough food <laughs> and then are we balancing our meals? Uh, and I think that's important to start with, not like what's this secret magic food that's going to, you know, help me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. 
because it's just like a supplement. Like if you don't have the foundations, that supplement's going to do nothing for you. Like, or, <laughs> or yeah. this one, this one singular food is not going to be the magic food, you know, like you have to have the basics and the foundations. And that's when the additional stuff can really start to work and you can start to feel the impacts. And, you know, it's also important to not go from zero to a hundred too. So it's important too. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of like, honestly, that's like, if you can get that down, that's great. Um, you did ask about fertility foods though. So <laughs> I go through, uh, several in my course, but really if, you know, there's a couple foods, um, that I would say off the bat, like everyone should try to get. And one, you're not going to be surprised is liver. Um, <laughs> it's it literally nature's multivitamin and it's literally the most nutrient dense food on the planet. So get your liver in. It's just like the, the value that you get from eating, like one ounce of liver is just going to beat out anything else. Um, there you go. So, like, there's your magic food. <laughs> yeah. There's your magic food. If you, if you know, you're balancing your blood sugar too, though. um so yeah liver is amazing it doesn't work for everybody though like some people don't have the digestive capacity um some need to eat fiber some need to like you know combine it in certain ways so it's really about finding out what works for you but you know if you have a beef allergy definitely don't try to eat beef liver (laughs) but you know know that you can have chicken liver instead uh, and that's great too so Liver from any ruminant animals, so the ruminant cows, bison, elk, venison, uh, sheep, um, and then, you know, uh, poultry is pretty great too. So chicken liver I like, um, duck liver, goose liver. So those are all great. Even pig's liver too, if it's a really high quality pig, uh, if it's raised well, uh, liverwurst, it's a, you know, delicacy in Germany. So mm. it's great. Um, and liver is going to have really amazing fat soluble vitamins. So including vitamin A, which is so important for egg quality, so important for fertility. Um, it's also going to have copper, which is super important for regulating iron, uh, our immune system and, uh, making sure you can transfer iron back and forth between baby and you, um, choline. So, uh, oh, actually I should also say copper is really important for energy production and antioxidation. So one of the primary reasons that, you know, women, uh, I guess this is my theory. One of the primary reasons our eggs like disappear, you know, cause we start out with millions um, mm. and all of a sudden by like age, whatever we have like, you know, maybe 25,000 or 50,000, it depends what age you're looking at, but where did they all go? Cause we definitely didn't ovulate that many times. Um, I, I strongly think that it's because of the, um, our inability to, you know, combat free radicals and it's, it's our, it's the oxidative stress that we're experiencing and we're not able to counterbalance it. So, and that's been also shown in definitely specific nutrient research. I was recently doing nutrient research on like bee products <laughs> and, um, that was definitely one of the primary reasons that they cited was like where the eggs go. And so if we're able to combat the oxidative stress and that can be caused by so many different things, again, our environment, 
but our ability to be resilient to this oxidative stress is what's going to support and protect our egg quality and production and our quantity. Um, so uh, really it's that. And so copper is really important for that because it allows the eggs to create energy and eggs are, we have so many eggs that we carry and they're, they all require energy to be sustained and maintained. So copper is really important and vitamin A and copper work together synergistically. So that's amazing. Um, Liver also is the primary most, uh, the, the biggest source of choline, mm. which if, you know, you may not know this or you may, it's kind of a newer nutrient, uh, but it's just as important for folate, uh, uh, sorry, as folate uh, for pregnancy and fertility and preventing neural tube defects um, and just as important uh, for methylation. So we really need to be getting choline. Um, it's, it's, and liver is where it's at. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so uh, there's a lot of other B vitamins like liver has folate. Actually, it's, you know, it has more folate than plants. Uh, so mm. when you're eating liver, you're getting a lot of really important fertility nutrients and just nutrients that are going to help your metabolism run properly and your support your overall health. Um, so definitely liver is one of them. Uh, I can keep going unless you, <laughs> I think that I reckon that's good because okay. <laughs> for a lot of women, they just need to focus on eating enough food, balancing their blood sugar. And then if they could get some liver into them, that would be great. <laughs> yes. And you don't have to have a lot, like it's, you know, maybe one, uh, you start small and build up your tolerance. I know women that like love eating it they can't help themselves and it could be because they just need it you know kind of like when you start to get in tune with your body you can go through phases where you're like oh my gosh I need to have like a glass of milk with every meal I can't stop drinking milk <laughs> or I, I can't stop eating eggs yes. um, you know, <laughs> so, and it's just like this phase where we might be, need to replenish um, a bit more and our body's just like, yes, give me it all. Um, so that could be why. Um, but you know, other than that though, you don't need to kill yourself with liver. I would aim for like at least four ounces per week. And then if you're looking to conceive up that, um, what about you if you don't like liver, can you take a desiccated liver supplement? Good quality. Yeah, that's an excellent option. And I've seen it, you know, I've seen it really help a lot of women on lab tests too. Um, it really helps reestablish the copper iron balance and really increases the retinol levels in the body. Um, so it does a lot of great work too. Um, really it's just as effective. So, uh, definitely a high quality liver supplement. I would aim for grass fed desiccated liver and most of them are anyway. Um, but you know, definitely great option. Okay. Well, that's your one superfood out there that you get that Lauren's going to give you. <laughs> Other than that, you have to eat enough and balance your blood sugar. <laughs> yes. please. Okay. Do. So I want to just touch on two more things. The last one will be your course. Uh, before we get to that, say we conceive and we're pregnant. Now what, what are like three to five kind of key things that we might need to know or do during that pregnancy to support us um, and to support baby? That's a great question. So I would make sure to eat all the food. <laughs> eat <laughs> enough. Oh God. Yeah. Just keep eating because, you know, it's really interesting. Not only is it super important for 
baby, but it's also just things with like morning sickness can happen. I mean, I guess, okay, let me backtrack. That's the second thing. But the first thing, the first thing is let go of all expectations because this creates undue pressure. And that's the worst thing you can do for yourself. You, you know, it creates pressure, it creates uh, stress, it creates almost blame and feelings of guilt. And like, you really, you shouldn't have to bear that. (laughs) And, and, and thinking about that stuff is only going to make you more stressed. And so we don't want to do that. That is just not a great way to enter pregnancy or continue on pregnancy. So let go of all expectations and just kind of go with the flow as much as you can, because no matter how well we've prepared to, and I I say this too, like, yes, conscious conception is all about putting our best foot forward and like really giving ourselves time to prepare, but that's to mitigate, you know, the risk of anything happening. That doesn't mean the risks are eliminated and like, things can happen that are unexpected and, you know, you kind of just have to learn to adapt and just say, okay, I'm going to do my best moving forward uh, with this. And like, okay, I take this information in, I'm going to incorporate this and move forward. But uh, we don't want to blame ourselves for things like manifesting because pregnancy can be a black box. And as much as we humans like to control things, it's part of our nature. We just pregnancy, we cannot control everything. (laughs) So definitely number one, you know, especially even delivery, like you can have the the perfect birth planned and like, I wish that for you. I wish the perfect birth for you, but just know that, you know, if, if it doesn't go as planned, it's okay. You're going to be okay. Just go with the flow, you know? So (laughs) that's my first piece of advice. Um, uh, the next one is eat and nourish. So there are so many things that can come up, you know, preeclampsia, morning sickness, things like that. And really nourishing the body is going to be your first line of defense against that. Um, so, you know, I have so many clients that when they did start to get nauseous during pregnancy, it was actually because they were hungry. Mm. (laughs) So yeah, this happened uh, throughout pregnancy too. And so, you know, kind of like, food was like the first defense against that. Once they were hungry and they started to get nauseous, it was like all downhill from there. So really figuring out not only like, you know, making sure eating nourishing foods, but figuring out your cadence for food, because that's going to change throughout your pregnancy. In the first few months, you might need smaller meals more frequently. In the last few months, you might be able to handle bigger meals, more time in between meals, but really try to figure that out and how you're going to figure out your nourishment strategy. Mm. Um, And, uh, you know, don't forget that you can utilize food too, to prevent swelling or, you know, um, if if you do start to swell, like, don't forget, like salt is really important and uh, animal meats, muscle meats are really important for combating that. um, Because, you know, if we don't take care of that too, then that could become full-blown preeclampsia. So really treat your nourishment as like, not only, you know, you're definitely nourishing your baby, but also like it's your first line of defense against these things. So don't forget to, you can utilize them. Um, And uh, I would also say uh, prepare, and this might sound funny, but like just having had so many women go through pregnancy with me, just, you know, and, and a lot of them were their firsts, but 
take the time to also plan out your postpartum uh, because that is also going to be a whirlwind. <laughs> and so we like to think like, okay, after our perfect birth and perfect labor, like everything's going to fall into place and, you know, baby's going to latch right away. And um, I, you know, food's going to appear from nowhere to nourish me, but it's <laughs> not the way it happens for a lot of women. So really start to build your pregnancy community um, a few months before your delivery. So, you know, people that you can rely on to help you run errands, people that will bring you food, start a meal, you know, you know, swap or a potluck, that kind of thing. Um, and really start to build your community so that you have the support system um, that you need postpartum um, that, you know, our ancestors really had. <laughs> it takes a village to raise a child that's like, you know, but we no longer live in villages. So, um, and it's, it's, it takes its toll uh, on the parents when there isn't that support. So try to build that community, try to build that, you know, plan for afterwards, you know, freezer meals, all that good stuff um, so that you can at least, you know, focus on just nourishing baby and getting sleep because that's probably, you know, what you're only going to be focused on for the first couple of weeks. Um, but yeah, I guess like that's definitely it. And then of course have fun. So don't forget to have fun during your pregnancy. You know, your energy levels might change a lot, especially in the first trimester, you might have low energy. That's okay. Give yourself grace. Don't feel like you have to force yourself to move if you don't have the energy for it. Uh, movement is great too. Like I know that there's a lot of myths around like, oh, you have to stop working out if you want to get pregnant or stop mm. working out if you want to, <laughs> you know, during pregnancy, like do what makes you happy, move in a way that makes you happy, but also give yourself grace to like, you know, relax and take time for yourself. So that's kind of my, my top few tips. Beautiful. Uh, thanks <laughs> for sharing your top tips. And I know like in our conversation today, where like, we're this is like such a small conversation to what is a very like, you know, big topic with so many uh, pathways and, and yeah, connection points and uh, things. And so this is why I want you to talk about your course. Uh, you've just created, you've birthed a new little baby into the world <laughs> that has taken you quite a long time uh, to create. And I'd love if you could talk about your course, Conscious Conception. Oh, thanks for asking. Um, yeah, Conscious Conception was conceived by myself and my partner, Britt Harmon, Dr. Britt Harmon. She's a pelvic floor specialist. I'm a preconception nutritionist. So together we joined forces to really bring a resource that would help empower women with all the information and knowledge and tools and resources that they needed to feel confident going into conception. Um, so there's, you know, really so many things, but, you know, information on labs, how to build your own timeline, um, exercises for your pelvic floor, uh, oh. breath work, um, fertility foods, uh, you know, how to, what to look for in a prenatal, how to build your own if you don't want to go the conventional route, um, supplement information, how to eat, uh, <laughs> all, all those things. Uh, so, oh, uh, and a whole module on cycles and like you know, how to track your cycle, uh, also working through regular cycles. So really it's just kind of like, if you are preparing, what are all the things that you might want to think about or pursue and, um, you know, so that you can have the information that you need to like work on yourself and get yourself in the best shape possible to put your best foot forward. 
uh, for conception. Yeah, and it's self-paced, isn't it? Yeah, it's self-paced. So it's self-paced, you can join at any time. And then we have monthly uh, Q and A's where we check in with everybody and you get to ask all the questions and you know maybe it's about the part of the course you're in or maybe it's about a different question um, that you know you have. Um, so it's, it's all really fun and the community is great so far. Yeah, um, and then where can they find, well, one more information about you, but then your, the course as well? Yeah. Oh, great question. So you can, I'm mostly active on Instagram. Um, my Instagram handle is at innate new, oh, I almost got it wrong. <laughs> uh, it's at innate functional nutrition. And you can find more information about my course in my, the link in my bio. Yeah. I haven't exactly attached it to my website yet. I'm also like working on my website again. So um, that's the Instagram and the Instagram like bio link or where you can find more information about the course. Yeah. And to be honest, like even if you didn't want to conceive or, you know, you're not ready for a long time, I'd do it anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Well, because you get to learn like all about all of this stuff. Yeah. You get to connect to your body. If it's self-paced, maybe that's like your timeline starts way out or I, I, I think that it's so valuable, like all of this information, even if we don't want to conceive or for some reason we can't, but, you know, just to get to connect to our body and understand how our body functions optimally, there's so much information other than just the, the focus on conception. And obviously that's the big piece in it, but I just think so valuable that every uh, woman needs to learn all of this stuff. Yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. I, and I totally agree. And that's the whole point of the course is like, there's no better time to really start understanding your body, start understanding your cycle, start balancing your pelvic floor, start eating. So important. The pelvic floor. I'm so (laughs) glad you joined forces because I've worked with so many women in the training space that I see them 10 years later, 15 years later, they have chronic hip pain, chronic back pain, no matter like what we do. And it all comes from the birth and the trauma of the birth and not understanding their pelvic floor and working with someone who specializes in pelvic floor. So yeah, having Brit there to do that work is so important. (laughs) Yeah. 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 And also, you know, learning how to nourish yourself to support your, your overall function metabolism, but also your hormonal health too, which is always a good idea. So um, yeah, that's, I I couldn't agree more with you. There's really no better time than the present. (laughs) Yeah. I just want to thank you for creating such a cool thing that is empowering women to learn so much more about their physiology and the things that they can do uh, for themselves and then potentially for, uh, for baby. Thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Yeah. And thanks for your time and for your knowledge. Yeah. Thanks for having me. This was super fun. Yeah. Thanks for joining Lauren. Thank you. Warrior Woman, you can listen to these episodes wherever you listen to your podcast. Please give it love by subscribing now. And if you enjoyed this episode, please rate it and share it with another Warrior Woman. Also, 
Tag me in it on Instagram with your biggest takeaway. Hey, warrior woman. So this training, nutrition, and health stuff has challenged you at your deepest level. And now you feel stuck. Maybe you've missed regular training for over a year due to an injury, and you feel scared to start training again. Maybe you've tried so many programs, but they didn't work. So now you feel tired, overwhelmed, out of shape, and weak. I believe this stuff shouldn't feel so goddamn hard. I also believe that we should all feel strong and confident. So I pulled on all my knowledge and my experiences over the last decade and created Warrior School. In Warrior School, I help you swap confusion and overwhelm for a plan to get stronger and healthier. And who doesn't love a good plan? Inside Warrior School, I will teach you the key metabolic nutrition principles to give you energy and support your training. I teach you how to approach training to get stronger and get those results that you want. And I teach you how to regulate your cycle and use it as a tool to support your training. I invite you to become a part of Warrior School in three simple steps. Fill out the application form on my website, Book a free discovery call where we talk about your training and your goals. Three, start training today to get stronger and healthier.